Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. Buddy, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. We are kicking it in the groove. G.I. Joe Deke Era Season 2, Series 2. Here we go. Only a handful of episodes left. Three, including this one. Holy crap. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Race to Canis. I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ibolito. You're telling me and we only got two more episodes after this episode to watch? That is correct. And, and then, then we're done with the show. We'll no, end it no, and go home. No. I can use this time dirt Chan, to, to like Chan? raise my child. No. I got bad news, Chan. Cook food. I got bad news. I, this is like the halfway point. You've known it. You knew podcast. what you were getting into. You knew I was a completist. You know if I don't finish, <laughs> then my head will explode. None of these things I knew five and a half <laughs> years ago. I mean, that's a good point. Um, uh, I was like, we're going to do well. It's going to be a real long journey to finish <laughs> every episode of G.I. Joe from the 80s. But you know what? I'm willing to take that on. Here's the thing. 85 to, episodes. And <laughs> to be fair, when you guys asked me to co-host. I thought that was the only G.I. Joe that existed. So, uh, sure. uh, guys, know. we're going. No, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm with you, Gina, because me, a guy who who founded the show as somebody who loves G.I. Joe and is a huge fan of it, had no idea half of these G.I. Joe series <laughs> even existed, honestly, up until a few months ago. <laughs> but here's the thing. At the, at the very least, at the end of this, we'll have a master's degree in gi joe we can put that on our Correct. resumes that we that we got our master's degree that we spent so much time and then we'll be able to get really good jobs from it like really high yeah, paying jobs we'll, because no one knows more about gi joe we'll be like malcolm gladwell said that we put in our ten thousand hours <laughs> so God. we should be rich and famous now <laughs> to be fair Please, mr wells mr orson wells by the end of this famous contract. do you think we will have put in ten thousand hours oh yeah God. also i will say <laughs> i i feel like it's at least it's at least nudged me into jobs like like nerdy uh, writing jobs i i can say and i host a gi joe and i co-host a, a podcast about gi joe and in their minds they're like fuck this chick is nerdy we better hire her to write some nerd crap so i guess it's probably paid <laughs> off for me here's the thing <laughs> there this is the thing that mra dudes will refer to when they're like women got it so easy all they have to do is watch a few episodes gi joe and they get a writing job whereas me <laughs> i've watched thousands of hours of gi joe and sectars and foofer and gummy bears and i don't have a writing job what's wrong with what's wrong with the p 
PC culture, man. I'm excited that Chan has been listening to the MR Ray podcast because that is the central <laughs> conceit of the You're show. Leaked in, yeah. What yeah. did what yeah. were what were the uh, final results of the Trash Cane Man uh, <laughs> poll? <laughs> Well, quite frankly, I don't think I left the poll open long enough, and I think I started it at like 11.30 p.m. Okay, I feel like like that in and of itself proves that... Proves that you're the trash cane main. But uh, officially, we had three votes. <laughs> I don't think I left it up very long in the middle of the night. Look, uh, one vote for Gina is the trash can man. Two votes for Ray is the trash cane main. I, wait, I got more votes than Chan. That's insane. Chan got zero votes for Chan is the trash Chan Chan. Which is, it, it, it's... Maybe we should maybe we should run this poll again and longer and keep it pinned. I feel like like, the fact that you messed up the poll proves that you are the trash game main. Well, the the people agree. Two out of every three people who took this poll agree that it is me. Why fight it any longer? Did you vote on it from your Ray account and did you vote for me? Because I feel like that's the only way I got that one vote. You know, it may have actually happened. I'm not. I don't have a memory. But that feels like that feels like something I would do. But I feel like I would have voted for Chan instead of you. So I also feel like that's more likely. So I don't know anymore. The episode of Deke era GI Joe. Look, I hope you like Metalhead because uh, apparently we're getting a lot of Metalhead to round out the end of Deke era GI Joe. This is an episode called Metalheads Reunion, which I wasn't sure what I was expecting walking in the door. But I know it wasn't this. I this is this is the first episode in recent memory that doesn't feature a Burger King Kids Club orphan type storyline. Sure. And I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, but but I will say that, like, the one thing that I did like is that they replaced, you know, like precocious Burger King Kids Club kid with Metalhead's granny. Metalhead's Granny has to have been a Burger King, uh, <laughs> like side oh. character. Okay, there there must have been an extended universe, and they go oh. back to somebody's house, and and Wheels as Granny is there, and it's this woman. Wait, so I you, I would push back Jen, on that. Are you talking about the BK? <laughs> KCEU? Is that what you're referring to? Here's the thing. If a if a granny if a granny toy exists anywhere, I want it because she is the best thing about uh uh Deke era G.I. Joe, and I stand behind that. Wow. Uh, here's the other thing that I will say. <laughs> I kind of like this episode. Oh, I feel like it's possible one of the very few episodes that actually does what it's intending to do it's just a dumb kid uh (laughs) version of gi joe and it didn't feel this weird push pull of like um here's a terrorist organization bent hell bent on murder and here are soldiers who are perfectly willing to put a bullet in somebody's head to protect you know whatever it is um but we're trying to make it for five-year-olds this is a like a plot and um uh and characters and everything geared towards a young child and okay. it all fits together in that way so like well i wouldn't go watch it myself like <laughs> this makes sense okay it, it, it's internally consistent all right no I, it's I, I not buy that. i buy that i <laughs> still i still think it's an insane it's an insane ham-fisted yes. shoved in their yes. plot 
yeah, five-year-olds are dumb. I I believe I mentioned it uh, uh, in our private chat before we recorded. This is maybe the clunkiest episode of Deke Era G.I. Joe that I think I've seen. Just the way they just ham-fist all these plot points in there and people make irrational decisions right and left and... And it's just a weird, it's just a weird episode. And in, based on that, I enjoyed it, but I'm more siding with Gina than Chan on this one, which is a weird thing to say. Uh, I feel as, like you're uh, always on, you're usually on my side as opposed to Chan's side. Well, if I'm on your side, I feel more sure that I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I will say it, it had some of the most awkward, and this is saying a lot, some a of lot. the most awkward lines and line readings Yes. Of of like that I've ever seen uh in in G.I. Joe, which again saying a lot. Well, this episode opens up. We are introduced to two characters, Captain Gridiron, who we've met before many times. He's one of the new leaders of G.I. Joe, and a lady named Suzanne Winters, who's a brilliant scientist. And they have a very, very straight up ham-fisted conversation about like, hey, uh, uh we're going to our high school reunion tonight together. Uh, also we're working on XR 75 treated battle armor. <laughs> uh, this is, I, I don't give a shit. Are they fucking, uh, are these yes. two characters fucking? Oh, yes, they definitely, they know. definitely are. Uh, uh, it feels like they're trying to create a, uh, a platonic relationship. Like the show's trying to create it. So, uh, they just basically, someone told them like, could you have, I don't know, a woman with a speaking role in this, uh, <laughs> season. And they're like, uh, all right, one, one. I, it was going to be a dude. We'll we'll uh, gender swap it, and then, but then also there are like the closeness of it. You know, like uh, you you can like get an old friend from high school. You know, like you're not together, but just like okay, we'll just go as a date without it actually being I, a date. Yeah, so, like, I think that that's sort of what it is. But also, like, I think this is the closest a show for five-year-olds is going to get to showing a date. Like, they're not going to... That's the other it's, thing. It's not going to be, like, double penetration in, in the third <laughs> act. Like, this is this is right. very much like... But the way... The line readings was what sold me on the fact that it's a date because she, like, she sort of flirtily reads some lines uh uh and and i think it adds sort of an extra layer to the fact that metalhead wants her the whole time see i i came up with a different theory i believe that these two fucked around in high school and hadn't uh. necessarily seen each other for a w extended period of time this business with the armor has brought them kind of back together and they're sort of just like flirtatious because they've seen each other's junk you know and so, uh, and so they kind of have that. So they're going as a date because they have a pre-existing relationship, but one that has been south, not south, but one that has been uh, not on fire for a long time. Right, right. All of these things make sense, and like any of them could be true. I don't. I, I'm not mad that they, ha you know, that it's not really clear. It's just it is what it is. That's fine. Just curious. It's you know they have a pre-existing relationship, and that's all we need to know walking in the door, right? Yeah. And we learned, yeah, so we learned that there's this thing called X, XR-75, and it's a, it's a metal treatment that could cause something to be impregnable from damage, which is very, very exciting. Immediately, Cobra attacks, and they attack, and so they jump in this vehicle that's been treated with this XR-75 uh, substance. Cobra can't hurt it in any possible way, so it just takes out all the Cobra, who are then forced to retreat. At which point, soon after the battle, the, 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 the treatment becomes unstable, 
mixed with the oxygen or something, and then it literally blows up the tank, showing yeah. that while it is, it does what it's supposed to do, it also will blow up at the end of the battle, which is not necessarily a great thing to put people in when you're defending our country. At which, uh, I'm just yes. going to say right here that I'm pretty sure that whoever wrote this episode, uh, either they or their uh, wife uh, had an IUD, <laughs> and at first it was great like yeah boom i don't have to put nothing in we just have sex and like pew 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 takes out all the little spermies and then it went wrong it like migrated and like got in you know like through the the uterine wall or however that works and then they're like oh god oh this is terrible now we got to get this thing surgically removed um because this was the 80s and iud technologies you know kind of hit or miss back then so Still i'm is. just saying I'm just saying metaphor for birth control. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I actually I'll say I actually thought that this was like this was sort of a fun it, for a second. I was like, didn't they do a storyline where something was a prototype and it explodes? I'm sure they did at some point. It's probably multiple uh, times. Yeah. Uh, But I was like, OK, this is this is a cool thing that lady scientist is trying to figure out why it explodes and what makes it explode. Uh, But weirdly that part of it didn't didn't come into play that much like like i thought that it was going to go to a point where she was like yeah okay you want the formula here you go and then they they like make a shit ton of them and they explode on them but like the fact that it's a prototype and it explodes doesn't i guess at the very okay never mind they sort of did do most of that (laughs) they did and it it actually twisted in a way that surprised me and i was like i like that that's yeah. a nice bit. That, okay, okay, okay. I forgot. I forgot for a second at the yeah, end we'll that they that they're shooting at stuff and yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So cut to Metalhead who says, "I have an idea for how to get that formula." And then one of the weirdest, most jammed in pieces of dialogue I think we've had in GI Joe era, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden this battle's over. They're sort of like you know taking stock of everything going on around them, and she and 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 Suzanne sort of turns to Gridiron and says, "Hey, remember that guy who was the mascot for our team in high school? I wonder how he's doing." <laughs> Yeah, this is like, so. What? This is so weird to me. They they show a picture of him, and he's wearing a bucket on his head, and I guess that's the that's the mascot. It's actually kind of cute because maybe this is where Metalhead got his nickname from. If he was if he was oh. a mascot that wore a bucket, a metal bucket on his head, that's that's Never what thought I thought. And I like the fact yeah. that they didn't explicitly say it, so it was just sort of like a little nod to oh, maybe he was Metalhead in high school. Uh. But but the weird thing to me is that I thought, okay, so do they not realize that this that Metalhead is in Cobra? Like, is it not does does Metal does Metalhead not realize Gridiron is Gridiron, and does Gridiron not realize that Metal that Metalhead is Metalhead? And then at the when they actually go to the reunion they clearly all know each other. Like they, they clearly all know. So the fact that she says, I wonder whatever happened to that guy is so weird because she knows what happened. She might, she might not know that metalhead was that guy. She could just remember that there was a guy, you know, like obviously gridiron knows because they're in the same sphere, but it's possible that Suzanne doesn't know. No, and no, granny knows there's what she does. Cause she made out with him. Yeah, and and she says you're as bad a kisser now as you were in high school. So so they obviously dated. She uh, she sees him and doesn't go, oh That's holy right. shit, that guy's in Cobra. So it's just a very weird. Like they could have just tweaked the line to saying, 
oh, to say something like, God, that guy, like, it, it's almost like they're trying to pull one over on us by not saying like the guy in the bucket is, is metalhead. You'll find they out trying, later. Yes. But then like it, instantly they gave that up and they're like, yeah, fuck it. It's too hard to write. Let's just say they all know each other and they're, you know, one, they, they know that one's in Cobra and one's in GI Joe. And, and it's just a very strange line once you take everything into account. Or maybe they just say, like, I wonder what happened to that uh, uh, weird old goofball. And then um, uh, Gridiron's like, weird <laughs> news about that. Probably should have brought it up uh, when you uh, convinced me to come to this thing. Um, yeah, he's in, he's 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 a terrorist. Like he's legitimately he, he joined Al Qaeda and then came <laughs> back and hasn't been arrested yet. But and everybody knows the government knows and he's here. Uh, he's murdered people uh, yeah. and in, in yeah. Afghanistan. And but, you know, yeah, what are you going to do? Chan, it's, also- this is the, it's the most real quick. That's just the most upsetting thing. This happened in a previous episode, too, because like literally Gridiron is, is, is hanging out with Granny at this at this reunion and he's like i just hope metalhead has a good time or maybe it was suzanne but he's just like i just hope that wacky kid even though he's cobra i just hope he has an enjoyable reunion it's like no go fucking arrest him he is a (laughs) top 10 criminal uh, terrorist but they were just like in the in just the last episode they were all allowed to purchase a theme park so in this universe we're just supposed to assume Okay, everyone knows they're terrorists, but they can't stick them with they can't like pin anything on them. It's it's like the Trump family. Everyone knows that they're doing illegal things, but so far no one has been able to successfully arrest them and like and and put them in prison. But the, like I mean, the- really, which one of the uh trump kids is metalhead i think you can make a pretty <laughs> clear is, case that it's eric yeah i it's was eric. definitely I was gonna, gonna say, say it's, it's eric it's 1000 percent eric uh because don jr is a little bit a little bit less uh uh <laughs> don jr is night creeper leader yeah don, yeah don he if can, night creeper he leader can was get super the, he can, hopped up on cocaine he can get things done if he absolutely has to Whereas Eric can't cannot be left alone with anything or anyone because mm-hmm. he will blow something up. That's this is yes. this is accurate. But but like just the the back to the whole Suzanne relationship throughout the whole thing. Yes. Like like Metalhead goes to this hoping to see her, and then later on it's clear that they at least kissed. I don't know if they dated, but they at least kissed. So it's even weirder that she says, "I wonder whatever happened to that guy." Like you know yeah if you're talking about an ex or even you know like again maybe they just maybe they just made out a couple times like you don't say i wonder whatever happened to that guy who none of us really knew very well like that's a that's a very very (laughs) it's just a really weird odd line and and yeah and then her her storyline with him gets weirder as we go along yeah well okay so fast forward a little bit here uh, because the, the, the reunion's on a boat, they're on a party on a big old yacht, which is fine. And these people all have money. Clearly that's fine. Uh, we get over there and they say, Suzanne, you have this funny thing that you want to do with a floppy disk and this video camera where you record us and very realistic looking in for 19, early nineties, very realistic looking cat heads appear. So literally this is to my knowledge, the first iteration of guys, I promise I'm not a cat. I'm a lawyer which is very, very exciting to me because she ends up putting a, a, a cat head 
perfectly on gridiron's body and then as she's like okay i've I've got this little party thing set up for the thing tonight we're gonna record people and turn them into cats and shit and it's gonna be fucking wild uh this is what you do in the 90s guys who didn't remember the 90s this is what you did it's snapchat or uh uh, instagram filters Uh, this is this is like star trek doing the uh ipads and then you know uh 20 years later we've got them uh gi joe did something right Oops, she also put the entire formula for XR75 treatment on that same floppy disk. Also, Oops. if you if you have Snapchat, if you look into the uh in, into the settings, there's a formula for XR75 in there too. So. That makes sense. This all holds up. <laughs> yeah, I this is this is in keeping with their recent edict that they had to include cool uh computery slang. This is, uh, she keeps saying, my disc drive throughout the whole thing, which we can laugh was, at now, but I guess no, at the time. She was talking about her vagina. I put the code inside my floppy disc <laughs> vagina. That's a real no, line you from put this episode. your floppy disc into her disc drive. Nope, I'm combining all of them. Your, the <laughs> vagina in, in, encompasses all computer-related uh, uh, phrases. It's got memory up there. It's got RAM. Yeah, no, you RAM your floppy disk into her disk drive. Well, my vagina all there. Playing Oregon Trail. It's a it's a Apple Two GS playing Oregon Trail. That's the little hairy uh, trail that goes up your uh, from your navel. It's your Oregon Trail. But did he find your Apple Two GS spot? (laughs) I can safely say no. no. no, I can safely say no. God damn it, metalhead! Thought that was gonna be a butt sex thing, but no, no, Apple Two G uh, spot. It's good. It's good. Uh, so okay, we we get Granny back. Look, this is the real highlight. The real MVP of this episode is Metalhead's Granny. Now, walking into Deacon GI Joe, remembering very little about it. If you would have told me that the one character that would get me excited <laughs> for them on camera was gonna end up being Metalhead's grandmother, I would have thought you were crazy. But it is a true fact of life. She might be the best character in Deacon GI Joe. She's we- great. I love when I was her. Looking at the recaps and stuff, like back when we first started, I'm like, "What is this Middleheads reunion? This is this looks like trash." <laughs> uh, uh, I was, I, I actually thought that it was going to be one of the recap episodes, which I believe the next two are. Uh, so already is, I was like, Boo. least." So, but yeah. I think something said like Granny. I'm like, "Why would? Why would we want that? <laughs> why would that be a thing that we would?" What? Bring I loved her last time. I love her this time. I hate, I will say I hate how this episode sort of like tries to make Metalhead out to be like kind of sweet. Like it's like, oh, look, he like he brought his grandma to the prom and he still has a crush on this like woman that he dated and he he, like wants to dance with her, but he's really clumsy. But then he turns full on incel. So I hate that he like. And and I get that they didn't know what incels were back then, but this is full on incel behavior. And I hate that for the first half, they're like, we're going to make him a little bit sweet because then when he I turned d- full on mm-hmm. incel, I was not I was like, oh, no, man, no, no. there was the intent of him bringing his grandmother was not to make him sweet. It's to make him the biggest loser. Yeah. So like that's OK, you're not intended to garner sympathy for him. <laughs> Even a five year old knows that if you're uh, bringing your grandmother to like a, a a fuck situation, like a prom or something, no, where you should be getting sex, look, uh, when, and bringing when... her in a hearse, in a hearse, <laughs> in, in, in no, a stretch, also horse that, limousine. Okay, that's hipster cool. 
first of all. That's hipster Not in 1991. Yeah, in 92, that didn't exist. But there are celebs who bring their grandma to like the Oscars and things like that. So, so I was thinking, oh, this is this is sweet. He brought his grandma because she doesn't get out much, and he wants to bring her to a happen and shindig. And look, she got all dressed up. Also, I don't know if you guys saw this, but her guns are fucking amazing. Like they animate her, so she has the most insane arm muscles. Go back and watch it because I would I almost sent you a screen grab, but she's I was like, like holy s- crap. <laughs> well, Gina, she's a former like special ops, like, you know, mercenary hardcore. Like, you know, Wait, is she, she? that is when her entire learn- backstory is that yeah, we learned that in the Metalhead's grandmother episode is that she like ran like tours of duty and stuff. Like oh. she is a legit, she's probably more legit than anybody in Cobra right now, <laughs> quite frankly. That's why remember, cause she takes command of Cobra thinking that they're good guys and starts running very successful operations nearly immediately in that episode. Guys, go back and listen to Metalhead's uh, grandmother <laughs> episode. It's pretty fantastic. Now, Let's see. Yeah, so Jabba Hurst, Metalhead goes in, he starts smashing the snacks on the table and then grabs uh, Suzanne to dance with her, which is just kind of like, that's again, weird incel energy happening there. I, I no, broke that something. Just, that was just being clumsy. He, he, he kind of punched the table repeatedly. I thought he was trying to like create like a mess so he could get her away from there. I really thought that was a that was a move that he was trying to do because, OK, here's the deal, guys. The plan for Metalhead. No, he says in the first scene is I have a plan because he recognizes Suzanne as somebody he went to high school with and he knows that the high school reunion is tonight. So Metalhead's plan is to go to the party is to uh, let so Cobra can like home in on his signal or whatever. Cobra can then invade the party, abduct Suzanne, and then she can tell Cobra the formula secret for XR75 treatment so they can put it on all their vehicles and shit, right? That is his plan. And that is not a bad plan, especially for D-Cara G.I. Joe. Yeah, I mean, because at first I was like, oh, what was he, like, my question is, what would he have done if, if, like, if his night had gone well, like what was Metalhead's plan? Like he comes and he's supposed to signal to G- to to Cobra and all of this stuff, but he only does that after he, you know, like asks Suzanne to dance and and she's she which she does by the way, and then you know like she's just she's just not into it romantically, so he's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna show everybody. But like, what if she had just been like, yeah, metalhead, like, let's, did you get a room on this boat? Let's go fuck. Like, would, like, Cobra Commander would have just been waiting for the signal the whole time. (laughs) Was metalhead just so, because he went into this situation pretty excited about it. So he definitely wasn't expecting to get rejected, although a true incel would know deep down he's going to get rejected at at all times. But like, I want to know what would have happened if he was like, care to dance. And then she was like, okay. And then he was like, I got a, I got us a room. Would you like to go upstairs? And she would have been like, okay. Like, it's just, you know, it's the next morning and Cobra commanders like on the radio being like, where are you? We have been waiting all night. And he's like, Oh, you know what? I finally got the girl of my dreams. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. This is oh shit. 100% what would have happened because he is metalhead. So, <laughs> like he normally fucks things up he absolutely would have gone in there thinking like oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna smooth talk her i'm gonna steal the thing from her then i'm gonna bang her he gets there if she were like oh you know what yeah no this is going pretty well yeah i'll have sex with you he absolutely would have forgotten everything every part of the mission (laughs) except i'm gonna have sex So so you're saying that incels are right if women would just sleep with them 
then there would be no no more crime terrorism or violence or yes. anything. One hundred percent. There'd be no more terrorism. Donald Trump would literally cease to exist if people would just fuck those incels. <laughs> Poof yeah, out of existence. Yeah. I mean, this is on you, Gina. Frankly, yeah. I if mean, you had had sex with everybody in uh, all, all the uh, Trump voters in Georgia, just yeah. Georgia. You know what? You don't have to take all of them. Okay, we'll, we'll split it up. We'll split it up. Split up I can state still. I, I'll I'll save up my vagina for twenty twenty four just in case it's needed. Look, here's the thing. I will give hand jobs for whoever is uh, against whoever's running uh, uh, Republican in twenty twenty four. Guys, Wait, this conversation got real weird all of a you'll sudden. You'll give hand jobs against them or uh, like No, no, no. The the incels who are going to uh vote horribly, uh I will give them hand jobs so that they feel better about themselves. Okay. And you know, like I'll talk them up too. I'm like, "Oh man, you know what? You you seem like a really nice guy. <laughs> You've got a great personality." You know, I don't understand. You know, like have you tried, you know, like uh uh you know, like uh, uh, treating women as human beings, like for example. <laughs> well, I'm giving them the the hand job yeah, so that they're like, oh, okay, you know what? No a, things. Yeah, it's like that's a good idea. I don't know why I hadn't thought about that before, but it makes sense now the way you're saying it with I the hand job, obviously. And so here's like, the thing: I sent postcards this past season, and and you know, you email them and and say like, hey, I'm I'm ready. Give me give me twenty addresses, and they give you twenty addresses, and you fill out twenty postcards and you mail them. I think that this is a good idea. I think if I email them and I say, hey, I've got five hand jobs in me today, email me those addresses. And then once I do them, then I email them and I say, okay, great. I'm ready for 10 more, uh, 10 more addresses for 10 more hand jobs. Uh, you know, and, and while I'm giving them a hand job, I just give them all the relevant information. And I say like, hey, do you know where your voting place is? Is this mm-hmm. making you hard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm on board. That's what I'm saying. And Ray's just silent because I mean, I mean, we took a turn somewhere, guys. Approves, and he think like he's definitely going to go to his wife now and say like, "Hey, <laughs> can I get on board this hand job train? Do you mind if I go to Georgia and give out hand jobs so that uh, you know we don't have a uh, Trump twenty twenty four?" And she will say yes. Yeah. Oh, she'll I, definitely I, say yes. That's not on the. That's everyone not should let your husband. Everyone should let their husbands give hand jobs for America. Hand that's jobs for America. She's like, oh, good. You're finally doing something useful. So, yeah. would we call that HJ four A? Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's everyone should kind of so, clumsy, but so are my hand jobs. So I guess it's, <laughs> I mean, you know, they're not going to be good hand jobs. I mean, start no, there. but uh, there'll be a lot of effort. No, no, you'll care. You care yeah. a lot. Hmm. So Metalhead goes ahead and he sets off a bunch of fireworks on the side of the boat. And at first I'm just like, oh, he's just having fun. No, those were signals to Cobra to come and pick up the lady. Uh, the Cobra ships. Now, I don't know how science works, Chan. You might need to help me out with this. But the Cobra ship starts going around the boat repeatedly. They create a whirlpool, which then sucks the ship, the yacht, down into the bottom of the ocean and into the top of a Cobra base. Grunt. From previous episodes, we remember him as the guy that uh, the, the War Games computer was trying to murder. A delightful <laughs> episode. Uh, Grunt is in an airplane, and he's trying to come on down. He decides to shoot the plane all the way down to try to catch the yacht. He ends up having to jump out of the airplane, cut his parachute, lands through the top of the underwater base. Completely fine. 
but the ship gets captured. Grunt is now under there. And quite honestly, I forgot that he was in the rest of this episode. So I have no idea what happened to Grunt at this point. Yeah, he disappeared for a long time. Long time. I, I also sort of get sort of got him confused with Gridiron at, at parts because they just oh, sure. look similar. And yes, at some point do. I was like, oh, shit, that's that's Gridiron, I guess. Yeah, honestly, like Grunt seems superfluous in this storyline. I don't know why he needs to be there. Just have just have Gridiron save the day. There's no Grunt is, is unnecessary. It's just another thing to animate. Yep. I uh, feel like this is another shot at Big Parachute. Uh, it, yeah, it seems like they they want to do everything they could to undermine the parachute industry. So just like <laughs> one last, you know, like, ah, fuck this parachute. I'm just going to fall. And, you know, it slides right in like you do. Oh, um, I, I will say there's there's at some point. I did kind of like it when Gridiron changed out of his tuxedo back into his hideous, uh, I'm sure, very stinky and uncomfortable football outfit and helmet. Right. And he goes, oh, feels good to get out of that penguin suit. <laughs> As if he like just changed into really comfy pajamas and not like full on football gear. And I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> well, what I liked is that Granny gets real pissed at Metalhead when she finds out that he's still running antics for Cobra. I guess she thought that he'd quit for no, whatever no. reason. No, I think she knows because because at some point she even she says about Gridiron. First of all, like Granny wants to get her fuck on with Gridiron, which I oh, very much appreciate. Mm -hmm. Like she like Gridiron is like, there's a hot girl I knew from high school. And Granny's like, who? Oh, is she dancing with that fucking stud over there? Ah, uh, don't mind if I do. And then she just goes in and dances with Gridiron, which I love. But but she at some point no, says, uh, "Go ahead." Oh, uh, Granny's mom was played by Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, when they do the flashback to when they're in ah, high school, okay. that's okay. exactly who she was. So that like this point now, even now, Gridiron's probably like, you know what? She's a little wrinkly, but I do that. But he's into yeah, it. But she, at Absolutely. some point when she's sitting at the table with Gridiron, she says something like, oh, you're a nice guy, even though you're you're with G.I. Joe. So she still knows Grid. Like, like, it's a little bit confusing because she, yeah, I don't know if she thinks G.I. Joe is the enemy or if she just thinks like, oh, you know, my boy is, my grandson is, he's still with Cobra, but they're out of the terrorism game now. They told me that they're just... They're just a multi-level yeah. marketing scheme now, which I feel kind which of they, okay they about. <laughs> they are. Well, I mean, he, I, she is uh, probably kind of fuck the pigs, you know, like a lot of us these days. And just like, yeah, I, I'm not going to have anything to do with these G.I. Joes. But at the same time, like, yeah, Cobra is like not the greatest. It's like if, if your kid's like a drug dealer, you know, like obviously the police are doing more damage to society than the drug dealers are. But still the drug... Uh, the drug dealers aren't great. So when they yeah. do something particularly egregious, you're like, all right, I was fine with you dealing crank and whatnot, but like this, like shooting up a school that's you've crossed the line. So let's not, I'll, I'll take this actually one step further. I think granny sees long game that metalhead could have fucked on this trip that he sees the dancing happening and he kind of sees the dynamic that's happening. He knows maybe that she knows maybe that they made out once before and now she's pissed at him for running a, for running an angle on the high school reunion when he should have been putting his attention towards the banging. Yeah, uh, he he. I think she sees it as this. This definitely could have turned it around for him. Like he go, he went back to his high school reunion. 
he he does have a good job with, as far as I know, still good benefits, right? Is it, I, I, I don't know, does Cobra still have the good benefits that they had in the Sunbow days? Who knows? But, you know, I think like granny is probably thinking, wow, look at that. A good, a good woman, a smart scientist, she'll, she'll turn it all around. And then, and then grandson was, was like, nah, I'm going to shoot off some fireworks and then, uh, uh, make sure. Also, by the way, his treatment of granny throughout this, not great. Like in the first episode where granny appeared, he really doted on her and cared about her. And it starts out like that here, but now he's like, Hey, you're an 80 year old woman. I'm going to let this ship get sunk down a drain and like just blow things up willy nilly. Like there is straight up shrapnel flying around her head and he doesn't once check on her to make sure she's okay. So, you know, he can kind of go fuck himself. I feel like granny has her shit together way more than he does. Right. And she does not need looking after if she got clipped by any of that shrapnel, she would have walked right up to him, smacked him beside the head and said, watch where you launch those rockets. Dummy. No, she doesn't need looking after, but it's a polite thing to do to say, is everybody okay? Grandma, are you okay? It's the polite thing to do. Like if, if the three of us were out somewhere, everyone knows that I'm the, I'm in the peak physical condition of all of us and if you know someone started shooting at us i i wouldn't get mad at ray for saying gina are you okay i might say me are you okay i'm 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 the badass one here raymond (laughs) i mean this all holds up uh so okay so they decide okay gridiron and suzanne get together and like okay we gotta hide the formula so take that floppy disk out put it in your purse because they'll never find it there i suppose uh, Gridiron gets himself chased. Well, where is she supposed to put it, though? Vagina. Thank you, Gina. You know where we're going with that immediately. So I don't know. Floppy. I don't know how how it's like, pretty big. It's like five and a half sturdy. inches. No, I know, but I don't know how sturdy they are. Like, like you could. No, get no, it. I'm you a could... three and a half. <laughs> you could get it up there, but like, is it going to be ruined? You know, it's not. If it was a hard disc, I'd say stuff it up there. Nothing's ruining that. But you know, you don't know what what. You don't, you don't know what's happening. Ladies you know how much it, prefer a three and a half hard disc <laughs> to a five and a quarter floppy. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> so Captain Gridiron gets chased and he jumps off the boat, which is now inside the Cobra base. Granny slides down the anchor uh, into the Cobra base. And they kind of have a whole deal here where Suzanne turns and she's like, yo, we know my formula sucks ass. Why don't we just give it to Cobra? And then uh, Gridiron's like, no, we can't do that. Doesn't matter. Metalhead captures her and takes her in. At this point, and this is where the episode starts breaking down. I mean, this is already kind of broken sideways, but it gets real <laughs> weird because Cobra gets the formula from Suzanne. And then they say, okay, we've even though we just got the formula, one, we've already been able to scientifically establish that underwater it doesn't blow up because water doesn't blow up the way air blows up or something like that. But also, too, we've now coded the entire base in 30 seconds with the formula that we just got the, 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 the equation for. But the best thing that happens in this scene, what 100%, is that they show that the team of Cobras outside. And it turns out that there's one dude out there using two sharks to lug cargo around. Cobra is using actual sharks as cargo animals underwater. And that's all I had to rewind it. Cause I couldn't believe what I was seeing. That's the best part of this entire episode. Cobra using sharks. <laughs> uh, I will say that I was disappointed because uh, 
Suzanne's like, hey, I'll give you this formula, but you have to let everybody go. And Cobra Commander fucking bothers to put his hand behind his back so he can cross his fingers. Dear God in heaven, you don't go down to a a death squad in Mexico (laughs) and you go up to a, you know, like a, um, a leader. I can't even remember the words. I want to say gang leader, but not that a a narco, you know, the head of a narco organization and be like, you know, like I I will, you have to promise to let me go. The guy doesn't do this. Like (laughs) I promise wink that's for you the kids can just lie that's you for the kids just lie kids know because little kids are very like they're very if someone if someone lies there that was a big thing when i was little you you were like i was i would know i had my fingers crossed uh you can't just lie that's not that's just no, no, no. crazy Chris Lotta can <laughs> say it in such a way that you don't need the extra animation. I know Deke is hard up. I know that this is going to cost them like an extra $40 that they can't necessarily afford. Just have Chris Lotta say, oh, I promise. No, but I'm just saying that to little kids, that makes him extra evil. If he lies without crossing his hands, that's crossing a line. Yeah, that's that's a bridge I'm not willing to go far. Yeah, yeah, that's it's too much. If he, I mean, the whole the whole notion of crossing your fingers is so ridiculously juvenile to begin with. Like, the, of course, Cobra Commander's doing it. He's an Inspector Gadget villain, as we like. We learned so much from Doug Booth. If you haven't listened to that interview yet, go back and listen to it because yeah, we learned a lot about the mentality of Deke, and I feel like I've got a much better handle on this show. Now that we have had that conversation to the point where they really can't surprise me with some of the nonsense anymore. What a very smooth plug for a previous episode, Ray. I commend you on what a good (laughs) job. It's those Chad. Nobody at home can see this because we are in audio medium, but he is holding up his crossed fingers. They're supposed to be behind (laughs) your back, Chan. They're supposed to be behind your back. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. They are now behind his back. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Take your main cobra. Wait till you meet Slaughter's Marauders. Slaughter's Marauders camouflage. They can't be seen. But you better believe they're me, they're me. There's me and Spirit and Footloose on the attack. Slaughter's Marauders to the rescue. Take this. Go, go. Nobody beats G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe's Marauders. Equalizer, Armadillo and Lynx, figures sold separately. Nobody beats G.I. Joe. Yo, Joe! Now, back to G.I. Joe. So, G.I. Joe attacks the Cobra base, and they try to shoot it, and they do no damage to it because they've already put this formula all over it. Like this is in the course of like uh, like twenty minutes. Like I don't know how any of the, I don't know how anything works in this universe except as soon as you get a formula, it's on your ship. Great. Metalhead has decided he's going to now chase after Gridiron because Gridiron is still on the loose. Granny ends up saving Captain Gridiron from Metalhead, and this sets off a chain of events where Metalhead shoots off his rockets on the inside, and then oh, lo and behold. Cobra has 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 coated the outside of the base completely with this formula. 
but the inside of the base has not been coated with anything. So Metalhead blows up the base from the inside, <laughs> causing a chain of events, which will cause it to fall in upon itself with the weight of the ocean. I, I do want to say that, like, yeah, there was a point uh, a little bit earlier here in my notes where, like, this is the first time in a long time I, I like, I'm genuinely wondering how this is going to turn out. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when they revealed that the XR-75 works underwater and they had this plan to build all this underwater shit um, and like, oh, this is actually working out in their favor. Then G.I. Joe comes along, tries to blast them and it doesn't work. I'm like, huh? Like, obviously, G.I. Joe is going to win at the end of this, but I am engaged. I actually want to know, like, how this works out. And when it turns out that, yeah, like uh, um, uh, the the you know, the tragic flaw of Metalhead, you know, his inability to, like, uh, uh, his premature ejaculation, I guess we'll say that. <laughs> yes. Uh, brings 100%. down the base. I'm like, that makes sense because it's character-based, and I didn't necessarily see it coming, and all of that, like, made it a much more satisfying episode than I ever possibly expected. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, sold so have, a little, I'm, I'm sold a little bit. I'm, I'm so yeah, that, that, that one between over. between Chan's uh, uh, Chan's review of it and and Granny's performance. I'm so let me okay. see your fingers. Yeah. Let me see your fingers. No, I chopped them all off. I, <laughs> I mean, that holds up too. <laughs> so there's a really weird sequence where the, the disc is still like in in a room that's kind of like half blown out. So Suzanne runs in there and the, the, the smoke and the fire and the debris because she needs to get that disc back in case somebody catches it because the formula is still on it. Metalhead runs in after her, comes out with the disc and a big old kiss mark on his face. Gridiron sees him and Metalhead's like, yo, like we just made out and I got the disc <laughs> and fuck you <laughs> and it was kind of funny but it didn't make any yeah. sense like even even at face value because we learned that suzanne erased the formula from the disc before he got it okay spoiler alert with two minutes to go in this episode why the fuck did she make out with him in a burning being blown up base here's because the, I, it I, had to compile she she d- made the uh, code yeah. changes it had to compile on disc, oh. so she like kissed him and like, and then yeah, oh, here's the disc. Here you go. Yeah, I think to me, I think this this seems like one of those scenes that they maybe cut, like maybe they yeah. originally had it in there maybe. because because I think the scene where he's like, "Come on, Suzanne, give me the disc," and she's like, "Oh, you know," like she's sort of sweet talking him while she's sort of clacking on the keyboard behind her and saying like, "Oh, Metalhead, did I ever tell you like how how much respect I have for you?" Blah blah blah. And he's like, "Really? Okay." Uh, and and, and you know, oh, that was she, a good impression. She, thank you. And she's like, "Yeah, you know." And I always knew you would be something when when we were in high school. You did. And then and then she's like, "I did." And then she lays a kiss on him, and then it finishes, and then she gives it to him because yeah, it did. It and did then he seem like it did, Yeah, he comes. And he premature ejaculates. It did seem like something bang, bang. was missing a little bit. I mean, we all clearly knew she was going to trick him, but it did seem like yeah. there was a little bit of a missing scene for him to come out and him to have, you know, a little pink lipstick on there and say to Gridiron, like, I just fingered your girl, buddy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was crazy. Real line from the show. He said, I just fingered your girl, buddy. Like, <laughs> insane. So the base is absolutely getting annihilated right now. This this is just to me the weird, uh, in, in a weird episode. I know we say that a lot. This is the weirdest moment. The ship 
pushes from the bottom of this ocean all the way back up to the surface in roughly 10 seconds. Nobody gets the bends, which we know exists in the G.I. Joe universe because I learned about it from Sunbow G.I. Joe, turning it into a plot point. Doesn't affect a single person, the bends. So we that physics doesn't exist anymore. But on top of it, all of the actual guests of the reunion were inside getting drunk and playing party games. Nobody even knew the ship was stolen or under attack. Nobody bothered <laughs> to look outside or walk outside of that room this entire time. Here, what I, the fuck? No, here's what the thing. The fuck? I love this because because I don't know if y'all went to your high school reunions. I loved mine. And people people get hammered at those things. So I oh, love yes. the fact that they were so drunk they didn't even notice that the ship was was getting sucked down because to me that is some real shit right there <laughs> i have yet to go to a high school reunion uh in fact one is coming up very soon oh, uh, go. We, we started fun. talking about it and i have not gone yet because i swore once i graduated i'm not coming back to this place oh, until yeah. i have done something that you know like i can i can walk in and be like Look at me, bitches. <laughs> no, you I know feel what? that. I feel that. That's also uh, why I have not been back either. No, yeah. I, lo- I I've loved had time. mine. I've I, had time. I loved mine. I honestly it was thought, so fun. I figured 15 years, like, yeah, that'll be good enough. I'll have accomplished something by that time. Ooh, definitely not by then. <laughs> like, maybe 20. We'll see. I'm like, um, 25. You could just lie, I guess. We could. I mean... I'm pretty open on Facebook, so I feel like the people who uh, uh, I'm still in contact with realize <laughs> that it hasn't worked out well at all. It's that's not you don't go to brag; you go to see all the all the people that you hung out with Hate? and catch up oh, and hate and <laughs> and all the people that were ignore. in all the clubs that you were in and all the fun times I you don't. had. No, that doesn't happen. No, <laughs> and you go see, there because you think you're better than everybody else, and you uh, and you all get drunk. That, that that's right it. there. No, and I mean, granted, I could go back. People, that's the crazy thing about being from the greater Detroit area is compared to almost everybody I went to high school with, I am a colossal success. <laughs> I, so I, I could go back and be happy, but I like the idea of like several lawyers from Ray's class listening to this podcast and going, should we tell him? And then them saying, no, let him think that he's no. doing great. Are you kidding me? I'm I'm one of the few that got out. So <laughs> that I mean, in I, itself is a major accomplishment. To be fair, uh, two of the people that I still am in communication with uh, have uh masters or better degrees and are like amazing people who have done amazing things went to like caltech and mit you yeah. know uh so like by that scale clearly i failed yeah the people that i have done better than which is to be fair a significant number of them you know had babies right out of uh high school sure. have done nothing Gross. but ever since uh you know i can go back and be like but then I would realize because then I would have to look over everybody and look at all the people that I uh, did better than and realize what a low bar that is and go, oh, well, great. I did better than those people. Wow, my, that's uh, my friends that's are real. all killing it. 
Like they're they're doing great. My one friend is a professional chef. I have another friend who ran for New Jersey State Assembly and she's on her like second or third master's degree. She's super smart. Yeah, I did go to the sure. number one public high school in New Jersey though, so uh we are aware. Queen of Boonton <laughs> Township. Yeah. We, we know the surfs. You're not impressing anybody here. No, I'm just saying you don't. You shouldn't go so that because you're the most successful. I don't. I I was definitely not the most successful when I went. You should go because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun to be the most successful, Gene. I don't think you understand where we're coming from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is not. I mean, also, if, if you know, if you had a crush on someone and now they're they're hideous and they think you're hot and they want to hook up, like in Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, bonus. Gina, Gina. Look at me and Chan right now. <laughs> do you really think? Do you really think that's a situation we have go, to contend with? Go ahead and take the spouses out of it, because obviously that's already cut that that option out. <laughs> but look at us, and like, do you think that we are the hot ones in this relationship? We're gonna go back and be hotter than the other person. And and I'm not gonna say like the people that I don't I don't know I don't know I haven't kept tabs on all of them. <laughs> and sure, some of them went a very poor path but so did i so i have nothing to say over somebody in the looks department yeah yeah and again <laughs> like oh cool uh this person that i have a crush on you now look worse than me <laughs> but i'm me so you look i mean i i i guess being <laughs> dead for 15 years uh you know for that for for a 15 year corpse looking pretty decent <laughs> But other than that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. This just, you know, high school reunions sound like a terrible idea. Now that I think about it, we all have Facebook so we can see who got, you know, ugly. So <laughs> I think there's we're still, good. I don't think there's a, a of, need for that anymore. Still a lot of babes that I went to high school with. Quit bragging. <laughs> Why are you doing this to us? What is, what do you hope to accomplish here? You monster. I'm just, I'm again saying I'm probably not the most babelicious when I go back because other, because other people are still babes and they're doing, they're doing well. And it was still fun for me. Mm. So like, you're going to come up and a cheerleader who has managed (laughs) to maintain their physique for, you know, however many years and, you know, is like still super hot and all that. And you're going to walk up as you who is still super attractive and be like, oh, a nice, I see you, uh, you know, you still got those perky boobs. Uh, I don't know. I write for a national television <laughs> show. Uh, CBS, you ever heard of it? See my name there up in lights? Uh, nice. Look at these perky numbers. Ba-bang, ba-bang, right? You, over to my sex dungeon now. I like when we're all doing well. As 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 Chan recently discovered when I told him that I referred people for jobs that I myself was going out for, it, I like it when everyone's doing well. <laughs> and that's great, Gina. It's easy Good to have that opinion you. when you're Gina Ippolito TV's Gina Ippolito. Look, this episode ends. I haven't actually ended it yet. <laughs> look, uh, Metalhead's like, we got the formula. They look at the disc. It's no... And it ends up uh, turning everybody into a cat or something. And then Granny appears on the screen. And so Metalhead ends up getting berated by Destro Cobra Commander and Granny simultaneously saying the same exact thing, which was weird. 
and I felt bad for him. No, I, here's Hold the thing. On. I liked it. He deserved. He deserved to get. He deserved to get a scolding. This weird freakish incel deserved to get a scolding by his grandma and his two bosses. But we totally, we totally skipped over the fact that this episode of TV invented filters. It invented Instagram and Snapchat filters. Wait a minute. Did you Wait not hear me go on a tirade about how it was the Star Trek of its day? We, we had a whole conversation about that earlier in this episode, Gina. This episode. It's not this even like you have to go back episodes to try and remember what you said but when people mentioned something on Twitter. No, it because, happened right now. No, because Gina, Ray, you were involved in that conversation. <laughs> but Ray just you, blew you added past. to it. No, Ray just blew past. He just said, I don't know. It turns them into cats or something. Which because is, we've already talked about it at length. But then why did you say it like you were confused about it? Because I'm ready for this episode to be over. But you blew past <laughs> it like you were confused about it and oh, didn't understand it. And that made me uncomfortable. I liked it. I liked it. I thought I liked it. I liked that they're all yelling at him. Yeah. As somebody who's used to getting yelled at a lot in all walks of life, uh, it just made me uncomfortable in general. All right, so you're the incel in this. Can I just say, first of all, Ray tried to ruin uh, Ted Lasso for me today. Whoa, by by comparing by comparing his weird creeper behavior. To the behavior of one of the characters. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. More specifically. Okay, no, you're talking the about- The one you're uh, in love with. Yeah, you're talking about Roy, but who he, did a thing on the he, show. Look, if you wa- watch Ted Lasso, it's a great show. But he is, did a thing that I identified that no, when I was in college. No, you're mis- you misread it. You misread did. it. You, you, put, you put that on it, but you it's a misread of the situation. Look, as someone oh, who was not. at a Q&A for Ted Lasso when they were discussing this character and the characters yeah. getting together, you misread it as, oh, he's creepily following her around and not saying anything versus he he's at the place where he works and where he plays and she's there. The only time that he's actually waiting for her is when she there he's outside the club and they've already agreed he's going to go back to the hotel with her. But other than that, well, all there's those- a part like in the parking lot where he just like walks up to her uh, after the game or whatever. And they're out in the parking lot. Yeah. And he just and sort of screams. stands near her and doesn't say anything because she's nervous. Yeah. So, Gina, what are you talking about? It's this is exactly the energy he's, he's bringing to the That's, table. You don't I recognize it. You don't compare yourself to a character that got so much pussy that then when he finally gets the pussy he wants, he has to slow himself down. You don't say like, oh, that's totally what I would have done. I would have done that. He it's he's just being normal. He was showing up and then she. She turned around because he startled her. But you said, oh, yeah, him following her around and not saying anything. Yeah, that's exactly what I would have done. Don't compare your creepy 20s behavior. No, it's not. It's not like he's not like he's stalking her. It's just like if he knows he's in a place where she's at is to make sure you're in the same room as that person. But then you're too nervous to say anything. So you look stupid. It's exactly what he was doing on this show. Nope. And I'm sorry that. uh <laughs> That Gina. young Ray in college had big time Roy from Ted Lasso energy. No, Gina, Gina, you know how you feel now. Now that Ray's like rubbed a stink all over it and made Ted Lasso just a little less enjoyable. That's for Shit's Creek. That's <laughs> oh for shit! What you did to Shit's I'm... Creek. 
<laughs> you're right. You I should not. This. I should not have done that. You're you you're correct. I should not have. I should not have told you about Schitt's Creek. <laughs> you, you're you're right. Although in my defense, your own partner agreed with me. <laughs> and, and Gina, for the record, based on what the story I just told about myself, also explains why I probably shouldn't go to these high school reunions. Yeah, there's another one. Uh, here's the thing: if you go to your high school reunion with a wife, people are going to be like, "Oh shit! I th- I figured you would have turned out to be a weird incel." Good for you. So that's something to brag she got about. Got a point. She got a point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I see where you're coming from there. <laughs> that's something to <laughs> brag guys, about. Congratulations. On achieving the minimal requirements for being a a normal socialized human being in this culture. You did the minimum. Great job. Welcome to your high school reunion. (laughs) Guys, we're having a blast, but we do have something we've got to get to here because we have the play-in game for the Final Four for the theme song Throwdown. Chan, take it away. Bam! It's the theme song Throwdown. We're here with a very special guest, a comedian, an improviser, an all-around um, good person to know, Riley Silverman. How you doing? I'm good. I'm glad you added to know, because calling me a good person right off the bat feels like a lot to live up to. No, no, no. Nobody involved with the show has ever been considered a good person. <laughs> no one's ever accused me of such a thing, and I won't take it. I won't accept it. <laughs> I don't understand uh, the compliment, and I won't accept it. <laughs> to paraphrase uh, <laughs> Lucille Bluth. You are here near the very end of our, what turned out to be a very long uh, uh, theme song throwdown. Uh, I just had this idea. I was like, what if we just took a, but we like talking about theme songs. Let's just make a tournament out of it. And then it turns out, like, if you start out with 32 and go, like, one a week, it takes friggin' forever. Yeah. But we're almost to the end. We're almost to the end. We made it down to the final four, and uh, Ray demanded that there be a play-in because we uh, did a live show with uh, some of the patrons, and uh, basically there was a loser's bracket. They got to choose the loser's bracket. (laughs) They took all of the first-round losers and then uh, chose the best from that. Uh, So you don't get to know uh, which is which. One of these made it into the final four. One of these is the uh, from the loser's bracket, and uh, you're going to decide which one continues on. Wow. All so, right. I like it. Yeah. You, I like feel, that you feeling that? Chaos. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, theme song? Something that pops into your head? A old cartoon theme song? Oh, gosh. Or new. Oh, I wish I would have thought of that ahead of time because I probably do. I wish um, I had prepped you. No, it's But okay. I didn't because um, as previously stated, I'm terrible. You know what? I think you actually put it in my head again recently or somebody did on Twitter. I can't remember if it was you or somebody else or Facebook. But uh, I think it might be C-Lab 2021, even though it's like not that old and it's a little more of a parody. But that no. is one that like I could no, still No, no, no. Don't, don't think about this because C-Lab 2021 is pretty old now. Oh, yeah, you're like, right. If you think back to when the it The fact that it's 2021 now and C-Lab 2021 <laughs> was literally said to be a comedic future. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that one that, that one's up there. I like that one a lot. I'm trying to think of another yeah. one that I that, – that's the thing, Chan, is that we're so old now that unless I'm doing a podcast where I'm actively re-watching old things, I don't remember all the theme songs as much, right? Like I'm – oh, gosh. I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, Gina was largely the one that stopped us from having uh, a lot of guests on the show. But as we go along, I'm starting to realize more and more when we do have guests on, uh, their childhoods are wildly different from mine. <laughs> like they're 20 years later and they're talking about stuff. And I'm like, 
Yeah, no, I was getting drunk to that in college. What do you mean it was like a childhood favorite of yours? What's what is wrong with you, you you embryo? Yeah. And that's not good for anybody. That doesn't help anyone. You know, you know what's rough is getting to the age now where people who used to say those things that made me feel old are now saying it about the neck the, the whippersnappers after them. Like I, <laughs> I I saw I saw someone saying like seeing people romanticize oh it was, it was you know i'll tell you exactly who it was it was lee travis who is the social media guru for nerdist who's, who's i i adore he was tweeting about people romanticizing being teenagers in the early 2000s and how old that makes him feel and i was like i was no longer a teenager in the early 2000s how dare you feel old having <laughs> It's that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, that that's that, that realization uh, I, while talking to you that C-Lab 2021 is set in this year and it's supposed to be the future. <laughs> I mean, the first big one was Space 1999. Oh, Once we got yeah. past that, all bets were off. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, I, I, I wanted to have an entire podcast just of uh, uh, movies that took place in the future, but the future is already the past. Um, oh, gosh. Which yeah. is. Like you'd have a fun um, concept, but also, I mean, even 1984 like, or, uh, uh 1984. Like, what, like running man is in now in the past, a, a, a blade runner. That was like a big meme, you know, last yeah. year, like it's all in the past. Well, according to star Trek, we had genetics wars in eugenics <laughs> wars in the nineties. Right. We're, yeah, we're right. about to have our second set of massive, horrible world wars. According to, although I will say the DS nine, the, the DS nine bells riots thing does not feel super mm-hmm. far off from where the last year or so mm-hmm. has felt. So nope. like maybe we're going to get a federation out of this, but we're going to have a pretty awful war. That's definitely everybody who loves star Trek is always like, boy, I can't wait till we get to the federation. I'm like, y'all know what we're going to have to live through to get to the federation. <laughs> right it's not yeah, great for there's the some stuff in between yeah. do y'all know what was going on with zephyr and cochran at the beginning in, in last kid first contact zephyr and cochran wasn't hanging out in a socialist utopia um i remember, I remember right. the wish kid theme song was terrible that was one that we watched on the show at one point and it was really just like essentially Chantilly Lace with the word Chantilly Lace replaced with Witch Kid, basically. Because <laughs> you know what kids in the 80s were loving was Chantilly. This big, big bopper fans of 80s cartoon kids. Mm, does the no, Muppet, that's, does the Muppet the, that's show one thing I've learned now? about this industry. Yeah. Uh, Muppet Babies does. Okay. In fact, uh, uh, Muppet Babies is one of the final four. Of course it is. Um, it's... It, it's weathered a it's weathered a hard road, I tell you what. Um the final four are uh the mask theme song, which is uh kind of a dark horse. Muppet Babies, obviously. Pokemon made it in because that's just a banger, straight banger. Um and then the last one. Okay, I was gonna say, I think you're songs... about to accidentally give away your store. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your apprehension and I was like, nope, nope, you're gonna keep on top of this one. <laughs> uh one of these two songs is uh um in the final four one is looking to play in so i will uh play you the first one now and uh uh we'll see what you think this is from an early 80s cartoon uh an import from japan a very early anime known as star blazers Out 
outer space We're leaving Mother Earth To save the human race Our star blazers Searching for a distant star Heading off to Iskandar Leaving all we love behind Who knows what dangers we'll find We must be strong and brave Our home we've got to save if we don't, in just one year, Mother Earth will disappear. Oh, no. Fighting with the Gamelons, we won't stop until we've won. Then we'll return, and when we arrive, the Earth will survive with our Star Blazers. Okay. Yeah. Real high stakes shit there. Yeah, I've never heard of this show before, but I like that I know the entire premise of the show. I like that I know who the antagonists are. I like to know what the stakes are. They only have one year to accomplish that. That's a bad decision on the part of a TV maker to be like, well, our show is going to all be resolved within the span of a year. It's like, oh, what, you don't want to have like more seasons? Or Okay. Uh, it's, like, it's like the UK. They're like, you know, like, we've got six episodes and, you know, then it's gone. Sorry, man. This, that's just how it is. It's her, you know what? To be fair to them, uh, I d- they did not establish how much time has passed in each individual episode. If each episode's one day, it could be three hundred and sixty-five episodes. So they didn't at the end, beginning of every episode, they put like three hundred and sixty days left, like three hundred twenty-two days left. Wow. So now here's the question: Is that is that only the English translation of the theme song, yes. or okay? I was wondering if like they just because a lot of times, like especially that era, the American imports of of anime would like just add wild theme and like you know like it might not be what what it was like at all in that country in, in japan when it aired so the, the original version was almost exactly the same okay that same like men's chorus and like but in japanese so it was you know equally as uh stirring okay so if that's but, that's a surprising you know, I don't dark horse for me because i did not know the know of the show but that was a jam i was into it and it made me think of another theme yeah. song that i did adore when i was younger which is speed racer of course is a fantastic theme song so Ooh, uh, there were so we had we started with 32 and like every once in a while someone will just throw in another song at me and i'll be like why didn't we have that on speed racer oh man i love that song what was that not on the list ever no, oh, no, wow! I'm shocked about that. Like, like I said, yeah, there's uh, there's easily another 32 that uh, belong on here. So maybe we'll do a round two and go another. Uh, I just found out recently that we still have like another five years of this show to go because after we got done with the Sunbow uh, GI Joe, there's like five other series that happened after that. So it's going to go on forever. Yeah. And it's, I really wanted it to end, but (laughs) here we are. Please kill me. Um, (laughs) uh, All right. Now I'm here. I'm I'm really curious now. Let's see what the other one is. Let's see here. The second one from uh, roughly that same era, just like a couple years later, uh, it's called Pole Position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of Pole Position. I'm 
Based on the classic video game, I was going to ask. I was going to ask if it was based on the arcade game. Mm-hmm. They took they took the arcade game, which is literally just like an indie car racing game with like no plot whatsoever, and they gave like a whole on a sci-fi road. advancer plot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kids of like secret agents who got murdered, and now they're the ones uh, piloting these super high tech cars with AIs in them, obviously, and some sort of uh, animal sidekick. You know, like you do. Yeah. Um, uh, not unlike Speed Racer. This this feels like very much a Speed Racer knockoff. This feels like a, like they were like, hey, let's just do Speed Racer, but we'll call it pole position and no one will ask any questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. The, it, it's way weirder because you start like like Speed Racer was a racer and then like got involved in some business. They're like, yeah, like legacy CIA. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, it he was, was weird, a racer, the and then like lots of spy business would happen around him, almost as if he didn't know it was happening, and he was just straight racing his car. And there was always, and I loved how I, I know this is not speed racer talk, but I just love how every episode made a point of letting you know that Racer X was secretly re- see, Speed Secret Brother Rex that's been missing, and like it was every single episode where Speed doesn't know that Racer X is Brother Rex, and Rex is like, I, I, I can't be found out. Like it was always anyway. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the opening uh, of letting me know that I am a spy, just like my parents before me. Uh, that was, that was a lot of information to learn about mm-hmm. myself and in, in, a, in a, in a sudden drop and then essentially in the needle drop. Um, yeah, it was jazzy. I do have a real soft spot for, uh, songs that like, let you know what the whole deal is mm-hmm. so that you can just like, you know, walk in at any episode. And, like, okay, I know what's up here. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of a, of an ongoing theme song that is, that is fluid that continues to add information as the show goes on. Like I, that would be a fun <laughs> thing to be doing where it'd be like, like if you were doing I, I, just to pull around, like if you're doing like, if you're doing like avatar sort of, well, I mean, like if you're doing like last 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 year Airbender, and it's like, then we went to the world kingdom. There was a conspiracy to stop people from finding out about the war, and then we then we got caught up with. You know, it's like then then Toph learned how to bend metal, and that was pretty cool. And maybe that might come up later, and like that kind of thing. Dude, you get additional songwriting credits every episode. You would. That is genius. Ah, oh, uh, they should have hired me. Where are they at? All right, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I had a thought and I lost it. Whatever. That was my, I apologize to everyone who had to listen to me sing for that period of time. Uh, what else I appreciate about pole position song. I do like the, uh, the very extremely eighties, like synth pop vibe that it had going on to it. Like, yeah, it would not be, uh, unwelcome at like an erasure concert perhaps, or, (laughs) um, yeah, so that was fun. I was a fan of that. And yeah. You're not going to mistake it for being from anywhere else other than 1984. Yeah. In fact, I will tell you this based on the way it sounded and the connection to pole position. I essentially was imagining the, the mammy jump, uh, like remember that, that viral video that was, that was like Van Halen's jump. And it was like using, I may, I don't even know if the term is proper. It's M A M E. Cause it's like, 
multi arcade machine. Oh, later, oh right, right, right. And it, it was it was essentially Donkey Kong singing Jump. And I I am now going to have to look okay. it up again on YouTube when we're done because I haven't seen it in probably 15 years. It was one of those early internet <laughs> viral videos, and it is delightful. It is it is Donkey Kong singing Jump and then going through all of these different like video games of the era, which is like, and I think pole position makes an appearance in it. I could be wrong, but uh, I am glad that it was M A M E jump and not, um, I don't know, like an old black woman yeah. in uh, um, like housekeeping attire uh, <laughs> singing the song. Uh, clarified the, what it was. Cause I realized when I said it, it out helpful. loud, I'm like, Oh, this sounds like a way worse thing than what I'm remembering. And maybe I don't know the proper term here. And I should probably be very clear that this is an acronym that means a video game thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is not, yeah, this is not a, this is not a, a outtake from uh, the jazz singer. Um, so yeah. Um, this is not yeah, a Disney I mean, plus that, cartoon uh, that needs- Trump's gone. We don't, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. We no, we don't. We don't have to uh, uh, skew right for that audience anymore. Yeah. I was saying, can this just is be a, the uh, horrible liberals we are. Yeah, I was saying this is not a, a Disney Plus cartoon that has to have a disclaimer before it. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, do I have to vote? So here we go. Yeah, you got to choose. Uh, is it going to be Star Blazers? Is it going to be Pole Position? And know that uh, the they're both sides have a lot of really strong adherence. Okay. Here's why I'm making my decision. I, I And it's maybe a little bit unfair to the theme song, but I, I do think that your sound editing when you are creating a theme song for a TV show matters. And one of the things that bugged me about the pole position one is that when they intercut the dialogue from the show, that's like people talking. Sometimes they did it over top of, of, lyrics for the song as opposed to doing it in the gaps in between the singing and so there was a couple of moments where i'm like i i, I was kind of getting a little information overload and i couldn't focus on one or the other and as much as i appreciated your commitment to the dance for both songs i do think that it was easier for you to jam out and get into the rhythm of star blazers is that what it's called um because mm -hmm. that one was just like letting the song be the song so I'm going to give Star Blazers the edge. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, here's the thing. Uh, when we first started it, uh, we had top seeds. And like I just told uh, uh, Ray and Gina, pick your favorite song. And we're going to put that in there because obviously, you know, like we're going to be pulling for it. So it's going to be uh, it's going to have a better chance than uh, any of the others. Uh, far and away, mine was the weirdest one. And I honestly thought it'd get kicked out early. It's made it to the final four. Wow. Neither of the others, none of the other three did. So I'm feeling real good about that. Uh, pole position was what the, uh, um, the patrons chose. Okay. And it's a, I mean, it is a real jamming song, but you are right. There are a number of technical flaws that, uh, uh, hold it back so yeah and i i would love i mean it may if i heard the song uh with like essentially like the textless version of the song i might maybe i would have <laughs> given it the edge but i will never know because that's not how it was presented to me by, by television yeah. so I, yep. I am happy to give star blazers the edge these are both shows i have never heard of before so i don't have <laughs> i kind of like that i'm not i'm not swayed by my own nostalgia for things i definitely had a lot more mm -hmm. things to say to dunk on pole position so if you ever do a contest of what theme songs to dunk on clearly i would give pole position the edge on that one uh star blazers is the better show so 
you got that going for it. Sounds good. Uh, thank you so much, Riley, for your your um, incisive commentary and uh, your sound judgment. Um, where can people find you online if they're looking for you? Hey, they can find me on Twitter at Riley J Silverman. They can find me on Instagram at just Riley Silverman. Uh, recently had some writing show up on D&D Beyond, so you can check that out. And then I think the biggest thing right now for me, I, I just joined uh, the improv group Ripley Improv, which is awesome. But uh, the biggest thing I think is that uh, speaking of television and things like that, uh, I am in. I am on a role-playing game podcast called The Game of Rassilon that is all Doctor Who themed. I play the Doctor and. Uh, um, yeah, we're having I, my, my accent's that bad in all of them. Uh, I still do it. I still do the bad accent because <laughs> I, I can't abide an American playing the doctor if I can control that happening. So, I, I, I mean, an American plays the doctor. The doctor is not American in the, in the thing. Um, but yeah, so we are doing that. And uh, that is going to be March 27th at, uh, I believe, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. And I don't actually know off the top of my head where we're, we're twitching that at. Uh, I know we will be doing it on Twitch. So uh, if you go to, uh, it's actually, I think it's um, Rassilon Pod. I, I can spell that out for your listeners. This is, I should have, hey, maybe Riley should have prepped this before we got here. Um, so it's uh, R-A-S-S-I-L-O-N-P-O-D. That's at Twitter. So it's at Rassilon Pod. Um, it is R-A-S-S-I-L-O-N-P-O-D uh, at Twitter, on your, on your Twitters, wherever you find your Twitters uh, at, you can go there. And I'm sure that the, the fine folks who produce the show will be tweeting out the location of where to find that uh, live that live stream episode. And if you don't, even if you can't make the live stream, we have Love a podcast it. you can listen to. So we have, we are currently in our third season. We had a very exciting couple of two, first two seasons and we just launched our Patreon. And one of the benefits of our Patreon is that I just DM'd a story that, that we just, that were just released this week. And I, I we DM'd a few months ago, but it was basically my take on the very short-lived Doctor Who spinoff series class. So I, I had all my I, I normally play the doctor, but for that oh, game yeah. I DM'd and I had them play as as teenagers who were solving a strange paranormal mystery. And for that game, I we normally use the official Doctor Who mm. role playing game as our as our as our rule from Cubicle Seven. But for the Patreon one off, I made an adaptation of the Lasers and Feelings uh, one shot mod, which is a Lasers and Feelings is like a one sheet RPG that is made by. Uh, yeah, John yeah, yeah. Houston, I think, or John, I can't remember his last name. It's John. I, I feel bad that I'm naming him and I forget his name, um, but it's his game. He just recently made it open for anybody to take it and mod it and, and sell their own mods. The mod that I made for it. So lasers and feelings lasers is like technical stuff. And then feelings is like emotional stuff. And you roll based on those. So the mod that I did for ours was jinkies and zoinks. <laughs> So it was like Scooby-Doo style. <laughs> Jinkies and zoinks. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun making it and letting them roll it. And Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Go check that out. Uh, yeah, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you. It. Wow, we have a Final Four, everybody. Could I tell you what it is? No, I could <laughs> not. Me neither. I have no idea what that said. <laughs> so, but that's the end of the show, everybody. Metalheads reunion. So Gina... You didn't like it. I did, thought it was really I, clunky. No, Chan loved this it. episode. I, best, I, of the, best of the best of D care. I'm uh, sold on it. Here's the thing. Oh, you're sold now. Okay. Like I can say that this is the best episode of season two of Deke because again, <laughs> bar is oh, so low oh, that boy. I'm pretty sure that I, I enjoyed myself mildly. So that had to have cleared it. 
Yeah, the lack of any Burger King Kids Club members does give it an unfair advantage. I will say, uh, I will wrong. say, very clunky, but I liked Granny. That's, I love Granny. That's my that's my review. Very clunky. Granny's I like Granny. And gang, we only have two more episodes of Deke Era GI Joe left, and then we're going to start season five of Knowing is Half the Podcast. We already have a logo made. I mean, and we have a logo made. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, Maybe. Ox. I hey, don't know. Wait, so there, were, so there were two two seasons of Sunbow, mm-hmm. three seasons or two seasons of Deke. Correct. And now what's this new one called? It's called G.I. Joe Extreme. And it is, it is, I don't know if it's even G.I. Joe, but it's called G.I. Joe Extreme. There's 26 episodes of it, and it will be season five of Knowing Is Half the Podcast. And is it Deke? Is it a new thing? Do we it's know? Sunbow. They went back to oh, Sunbow, crap. but Sunbow went Sunbow went super cheap at this point. I want to say this is mid-90s now. I want to say it's like 95, 96. I don't have it quite in 95 front of to me. 97. Hey, there we go. See? Oh, so it's dang. mid-90s. I'm and curious. I, I've, I've watched the first episode already. Cheater. It was written by, it was written by Buzz Dixon. Ooh. So obviously that's a conversation maybe we need to have in the future. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Extreme. I'm ready to get extreme. So, uh, guys, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here today? Would somebody hire Gina, please? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Keep keep watching the unicorn. Only only got a few episodes left. Maybe three, I think. Three sounds right. Three episodes left. By the time you hear this, who even knows? Yeah, that's true. But you can you can still watch them on CBS.com for free. Yes, and you should do it. Escape room. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we we've actually had a couple of really cool interviews uh, over at uh, AE Doubleback. Uh, we talked to Josh Barnett. Uh, we talked to Simon Grimm, who's uh, just absolutely fantastic guy. Uh, and yeah, we uh, watch uh, AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night and like Thursday morning. Listen along with us. Enjoy it. Have a ball. It's about Sounds a- good. Can... A&W Root Beer? Yes. Cool. And you know what? Go and buy Gina's comic book, Babe Squad. It's I on don't... Amazon. Is it? I don't know if it is anymore. I assume. I we assume so, it we is. We sold Look. out of our first run, so I don't know. I don't know oh. uh, if, if... Buy a used copy of Babe Squad on yeah, Amazon. Yeah, it's only going <laughs> to appreciate in value. I love it. Yeah, you should go do that thing. Uh, you can also check out the Babe Who Would Win. Squad jumpsuit. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Let's do that. I just searched for Amazon Prime. I started typing in Babe Squad, and it came up Babe Squad jumpsuit. Oh, we're yeah, we're brand. We have lots of merch these days. Wow. I, I just I, I look forward to when I can uh, get a Halloween costume as the lady who's half toilet. That's really my <laughs> my my go to spoiler alert for those of you who haven't read the comic yet. <laughs> now you have to. Now you have to. Well, why wouldn't you go find it? You know what? If it's not on Amazon, it's probably on Target. So go get it. There. You can find it somewhere. I bet somebody somewhere has it. eBay used copies are gold. <laughs> It's like trying it's like trying to find a find your fate GI Joe. You can either find them for like $2 at a used bookstore or they are $175 a piece. <laughs> that is the going price for find your fate GI Joe. Not that I know this from experience. 
You can also check out the Who Would Win show. I'm on that. And the My Three Dads podcast is currently a reality. Myself, Robert Clark Chan, and Marshall Givens talking about cartoons aimed at very, very young kids, as well as stories from raising young kids of our own. It's a new show. We've got a little preview of it on this particular feed. If you like it, go check out My Three Dads, now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all of the above. You can find us on the social medias, facebook.com slash knowing us at the podcast, patreon.com slash knowing us at the podcast. Go get access to our super secret vault and on all that good stuff and on twitter you can check us out at gi joe podcast but individually i am at almighty ray at 999 rpms i'm at gina ippy and that is enough for one episode and i have no more to say uh uh, uh gina uh, could you have metalhead take us out please no oh, wow i can't believe you kissed me like that oh my god bang bang good night everybody Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.